And we're back with another episode, Fourth Meal, brought to you by Zen, HeadlinerMusicClub.com. Um, thank you guys so much for all the screenshots, all the reviews. Uh, we're on YouTube now, and yes, we're sir. getting we're getting some traction now. We're st- we just started, so the views are low. But like, if you know, if you prefer watching it on YouTube, make sure you just look up Fourth Meal Podcast. Fourth is spelled out, and enjoy. Yeah. And then it's also available on Spotify and the podcast app. Please like, review, um, subscribe, subscribe, all that good stuff, and keep sharing it. You know, we appreciate all the screenshots, sharing it with your friends. Word of mouth is always the best. Is still yep so we have a dope yep we have a dope episode for you guys today a good friend of ours from detroit captain 20 so here it is enjoy (laughs) (laughs) wow this is gonna be a very interesting fun episode what's up guys welcome to fourth meal podcast eric deluxe dj5 and we are sitting here with a good friend of ours repping detroit the d d the d's D's finest is it is it 312 the 313 313 there you go don't let too many hear you people hear you fuck that one up yeah i fucked that up 313 313 i was close uh captain 20 yeah welcome to the podcast thanks for having me guys of course man thank you round of finally made it wow live audience i finally made it now means i made it guys and if you're watching uh on youtube which you should be my man has his sunglasses on hair up earlier hair down you look like an actor slash maluma Slash, you look like somebody. Salt famous. Bay, kind of. That works. That <laughs> works. Delia, a wrestler. Vibes. That works. Yeah, I get that one all the time, actually. Do you have Salt Bay? No, I haven't gotten Salt Bay now because well, I, I think I it's just, just the, the gla- yeah, the glasses yeah. and then like the mustache. Yeah, yeah, but I can transform very easily. If <laughs> yeah. I do the braids, I'm Maluma. If I let the hair down, I'm Fabio. It's <laughs> Fabio. I can do wow. it all. I'm like a jack of all entertainers. <laughs> Pause. How tall are you, bro? Like six. Six, six, five, six, five yeah. on a hot day. Damn. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm <laughs> tall, five, drink five. A, tall drink of whiskey. So listen, we've had some incredible times with Captain 20, man. You you are well, a fun, fun guy. I love you guys. Funny guy. I don't know about Great that. energy. You're wild as fuck. You Appreciate keep, that. You keep um, NDAs in your backpack. Definitely. You keep uh, <laughs> Plan Bs. Not anymore. <laughs> you used to keep Plan Bs. One time. One time, yeah. <laughs> this is, One like time. this is this is how the the podcast is gonna be. This is this guy has some crazy stories. What's the reason for an NDA in your backpack? Well, you know, you just never know when you're like, protecting you're yourself. You're gonna need yeah. to protect yourself. I mean, there's no one out there looking out for us these days. So, like, if a, a if a little shorty comes back to your room, yeah, you know, you're it's gonna just, make her sign something. You never know. You know, it's just like I mean. You might just need to warn someone of what's in store for them. Wow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. Have you ever had to use one? On I have. I have you actually. Have. Yeah, yeah. It but started I, as a joke. Actually, it started as a joke. And I then, can see that. And then I was like, let me see how far I can roll with this. But have you? What do they say when you bring out an NDA? They're shocked. It's like just even. And they sign. Even it. the homies are. Shocked. They laugh. They're like, hey, hey, hey. yeah. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. And it just sits there. And then, oftentimes, they've never made it past the front door after that. That's hilarious. It's wow. Terrible. That's it's so actually funny. great because then I could just go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep. All right, yeah, peace. You didn't want to sign it. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to touch on the fact that you live in Detroit because a lot of people we talk to are, you know, from here or yeah. New York or, you know, Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we have a lot of, of listeners that are from the Midwest, yeah. et cetera. So the Midwest. it would be interesting to see how you were able to, you know, break out 
you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, well, Bert, but I want to start, before we get there, how'd you get your name? I don't even know how I got... Ooh. How'd you get your name? Ooh, curveball. I've actually that. Because I, I actually want to start asking DJs gonna, how the hell they got their get, name. Are we going to say this on air? Is it, a, is it fucked up? No, it's oh. not really that fucked up, actually. Um, it's like Captain and I have a 20-inch Something to do with, like, schlong. rum? Captain? Uh, it's nothing to do with rum, actually. Does that have something to do with a 20-inch tool? 20-inch <laughs> toolbox? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yo, <laughs> no, how'd you get your name? <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, growing up, growing up in Detroit, obviously, yeah. like we didn't have a lot of hobbies. I mean, murder was an option that clearly <laughs> wasn't the path, you know, nope. thank God, uh, you know, burglary, theft, John like, yeah, let me stay away from that. Yeah. But back, back then, uh, my brother was really into drag racing. Okay. Uh, so we used to build cars and high performance shit in our backyard. Like my mom's house was like a straight high performance garage. Right. Okay. So, uh, I kind of, we kind of had a hustle. My brother was much older than me. And so I was like little brother and we would hustle these guys with two different cars. And this was back in the day where you would like hide nitrous tanks in your door and oh, shit. shit. It was like, it's really like the, the whole concept of fast and the furious originated from Detroit drag racing. Yeah. Really? Yes. And then they turned it into a bunch of bullshit, but, <laughs> but that was the way it was. Like you guys used to set up these races where it would be like different crews right. and you were like the guy in their crew. And then like you would run around all night till you found a place where the cops weren't around, where the street was, you know, smooth enough for you to, to race uh -huh. and then you get a race on. And so eventually it was like, we would level up our cars and then you'd have to talk shit to guys. And, uh, there was, there was like one particular time where like my brother was kind of a legend. So people wouldn't race him after a while. Yeah. Wow. So he would talk enough shit, get people amped up, and then he'd be like, well, fuck you. I'll let my little brother whoop your ass. And so I would get in the car, and people would think I wouldn't know how to drive. They'd give me a handicap. Oh, shit. And then I'd end up whooping their asses. Crazy. So it was around, a hustle. Around what time, what year was this? This was probably like... Like early Mid 2000s. 90s. No, I was going to say, what because, the hell does that have to do with Captain 20? Well, because, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. because at some point, at some point... <laughs> damn it i thought i was gonna get around that one but at some point there was like a pretty legendary night of racing and i ended up like putting like 20 cars on this dude like that's how bad i beat yeah. him and he was like it was like a big deal and then somebody just started saying talking shit captain 20 this was oh, a name wow. and then that was the thing it and stuck. so so it kind of stuck for a while and then like i was kind of already djing like on the side but just like for fun yeah and um i like I finally had like a paying gig and I needed a DJ name. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I going to call myself? This yeah, it's like, always a hard thing. Yeah. Like, and, and so at the time, I actually had two names because I was working a day job too. And so this is when MySpace came out. Okay. And so like my first, my first screen name was Nick Steele. Okay. Because, because. That fits. I yeah. yeah. You look I, like a Nick Steele. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, shit. Student. But uh, I didn't want my day job people to know that I was this like indigent, like degenerate at yeah. night so yeah. i had nick Steele, which is actually my last name if people pronounce it instead of hadad they say hadid which in arabic means steel ah so huh any <laughs> relations <laughs> to uh <laughs> the other hadids oh no, 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 no. <laughs> um so then 
you know, I started in like the techno and house and drum and bass mm, scene, actually. Okay. Actually started as a trance DJ. Believe wow. Wow. <laughs> So that's, so I started with Nick Steele, and then as like I can see you as Nick Steele, the trance DJ. Yeah, I see it. Down, yes. like, it's so clear to me. Sweating, sweating profusely. Yes, yes. they, they were like doing this. the hearts. Yeah, what are they doing? They're just like fist pumping, and it was like I'm back then. The fist yo, back yet. then the DJs like in the electronic scene, they weren't showcased like they are now. Yeah. You were in really yeah, that's like, real techno too. Back yeah, days. like you were in really dark is, uh, corners of the clubs. There wasn't a lot of. It was just. And especially in Detroit, like you'll still to this day hear the best sound systems in nightclubs yeah. in the country in Detroit during certain events. Like when movement festivals in town, yeah. you have you have those sound systems that beat you right here in the yeah, chest yeah. and you can talk right over yeah. them. Wow. They don't do that anymore, really, in nightclubs. Yeah. So so the culture was different. It wasn't all about like the DJ. It okay. was about the yeah. music in the room and the sounds. Very minimal. So let's fast forward when we met you long ago. 10 years yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. 10, 10 years, years. Yeah. Over 10 Over years. 10 years ago, for sure. Yeah. Um, we DJed at Club B, which was at the MGM in Detroit. Yeah. And you were the talent buyer, also the resident DJ. Yeah. yeah. And, like, explain us that whole thing. So that actually, that was, like, a pretty big turning point for me at the time. At the time, I was like... Were you on Scam yet? I wasn't on Scam. Okay. Yeah. I was but start, you, how I, did you know, hear about Scam? Because I, I followed the culture, like, uh, you know... I worked with like um, a few people in Detroit where we were bringing, trying to bring like AM yeah. to the city. And mm. in the AM early and Vice was going out there a lot. Well, Vice hadn't been yet. And I'll tell yeah. you, so it, it was like at this time, it was like, this was when like the oh, old, Dexter, right? Dexter yeah, was big. Yeah, so right. everyone was trying to get like Jazzy Jeff yeah. and Steve Aoki and even like fashion yeah. and like those guys. We got Spider, town. So Kevin. like this was when Little John and Spider yeah, were doing yeah. their thing. So that kind of era was like, you know, Detroit was kind of behind in a sense right, of like right. understanding what like a lifestyle DJ yeah. is or whatever right. it is. Like, you know, what makes it, why do we want to go hear this guy? You yeah. know, I mean, there are tons of talented DJs in Detroit, right. but like what makes these kind of DJs special? Right. So I was trying to kind of help educate the market on like this and also to grow a network. So it was like kind of bringing you guys yeah, into town. Yeah. It was like, all right, well, Five's a resident at Tau and Lavo. Eric's a resident at, you know, uh, marquee and yeah. these places so these were venues that like people in detroit could relate to yeah even they heard they, of the venue they heard of the even venue. if they didn't hear about about us right. right or like some of the homies that had like serious radio shows early in the day mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah. tony and you know, a lot of these guys so so my whole thing is like what can i do to educate the most uneducated club goer mm -hmm. on who these djs are mm -hmm. and why they're special and so you know after am in fact like that was Ooh, dude, it was, it was kind of shitty, but like the first time I was supposed to do a show with them in Boston, that's when they had the plane crash. Oh, wow. shit. And then the second time, that was when he killed himself. Yeah. So it was like kind of a really bad omen. But at that mm -hmm. point, I was like, all right, I had just gotten the MGM contract in 2009. Mm -hmm. And so what that entailed was, A, my company, I have a company that is a licensed supplier with the gaming control board. Okay. So it's not just like being a vendor. Right. They, they do you background checks taxes yeah, yeah. everything a to z on your siblings your wife your whole, it's a whole different it's the same machine. it's the same process you have to go through if you want to own and operate a casino okay so yeah. you know i can't take 100 bucks out of the bank without it having a paper trail for yeah. it damn yeah so wow. at that time we had five lounges at mgm and all of them needed like either live music or 
DJs or this or this or that. But then there was the main club, which was V. V. And so, again, you're talking about... you were in charge of putting DJs in all the venues? All of them. Wow. All of them. The programming, the marketing, the concepts, and like... Here so I if am. I was a young DJ in Detroit, I should have been taking you to lunch every Probably. day and buying you yeah. Christmas things. Yeah. It might not have been gifts. a bad idea back yeah. then. Yeah. You yeah. were in charge of a lot of shits. A lot. A lot mm. of shits. And so <laughs> everything from like the VIP host, yeah. the go-go no dancers, way. Oh, shit. all the creative marketing, that was all me, everything A to Z. Yeah. Ticket sites. And we got to shout out Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. What up, Jasmine? That's, he's the one that brought me out to that's Detroit right. for the first time. And so that's and the perfect... time when I went for the first time, the club he was supposed to do didn't open that's in time. Right. So yeah. we just hung out. And that's a perfect example. So would like we would try to like pair things with like, you know, before there was a word called influencer, you know, yeah. people that had a good following. So it would be like it was going to be a good party, yeah. even if you guys didn't play. But now you're there. It's a better party. And now you'll meet. Yeah you'll meet like those VIPs and the guys like Ray and like these yeah. guys. Now still, I still talk to Ray. Still talk like, to, yeah. There's yeah. still guys from Detroit that met you guys. Yeah. In the Detroit. one time I went to Detroit was when you brought me out. Yeah. And, and I wasn't even was there. there. Yeah. Yeah. That was for like Blake's birthday. Yeah. 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 So true. these guys then become followers of you mm-hmm. and network. We met like guys. people like when we were in Cancun. Yeah. Like, from Detroit and they like mm-hmm. came because you know they we knew you and they seen us in at e- V or whatever. Even now even me still it's like there'll be people from Michigan that are yeah. going wherever in the country and they'll be like, yo, Hey, you know, we saw Iris playing here. Right. We saw five or deluxe. Dope, can yeah. you hook us yeah, up? Yeah. Can you hit them up? So, so this is kind of where this is all coming into play yeah, yeah. because it was about building a network, mm-hmm. but not just for me. It was about building a network for the city, for the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, people might not have known who any of even don't know who I am yeah. half the time, but it was like, it just takes that one, VIP that builds a relationship with yeah. you. And now it's like, next thing you know, and, and there's a lot of money in Detroit. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't know if this guy might own a, a company's having his party somewhere in right. the Bahamas and wants Deluxe to play or wants Five yeah. to play now because he met him in Detroit. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. So, so it was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then it was also like making sure that I didn't go over people's heads. Mm-hmm. And at the time, um, you know, after AM, it was really kind of vice. Yeah. Vice was like the next, the only other person that like kind of in that lane that yeah. had, an, I think, enough momentum at the time that that could be relative to people in a way where we could kind of sell it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was like, it was actually like the first, the first big show I did. And then convincing like a team of executives at MGM who, it's not like Vegas. Yeah. It's like really like they're kind of completely out of touch yeah. with and am like, was an easy sell because he's a celebrity yeah. am was an easy sell but not for that price right you know am was but at least 20, they know who am is because he was in the tabloids they every day. But, but if you said oh he's dating so and so right then they knew who yeah. am was got it but they still didn't understand why he cost that much money yeah. and people still weren't buying tickets to go yeah. see like how's the turnout for that like we would still it was really just about boosting the minimums on tables right, back right. then mm-hmm. But, you know, for us, like at, at V, it was such a small capacity venue. You're talking about a 300 cap venue. Right. But a lot of the shows that I would do there, it would be we would pull sponsorship money, things like that. And so the night might be a, a break even night, but the cachet value of having like, let's say Diddy or somebody yeah, like that, look. like two and three and four weeks down the road, we still have content. We still have yeah. people saying, oh, that Diddy was there a couple yeah, of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I mean? So it's of like. Course. This was, this was at a time where like social media marketing really hadn't blown up yet and mm-hmm. like print marketing was useless. So it's like 
trying to think outside of the box and then also trying to convince it was more executives. like word of mouth like yeah. oh diddy went to that club exactly. we should go there next week yeah, yeah. exactly so so, so then, that's kind of how that happened and then also then you know edm was becoming a thing yeah so like in detroit is a very fickle market where you are either bringing in like true house talent or true techno talent like you're talking about your you know at the time like miguel miggs and Fetty legrand cascade and you know, uh, Carl Cox and, and, mm. and Eric Murillo and yeah. like the whole EDM thing was not really respected in Detroit yet. Mm. So it was like, could be like a very fine line between bringing in the wrong artists and then getting the wrong label put on. Those guys were expensive as, and that was the other well, thing. Right? It, 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 you couldn't touch half of that talent. Yeah. Half of those agents wouldn't even return your calls. Right. Yeah. So, you know, unless you were a live nation or, or, yeah. or, yeah, I feel like B was places. like the only game in town too, right? At that time, like it was like the hip hop clubs, one, like it was the only one with that level of production and and like consistency, yeah. and like it felt like you weren't at a normal club, like yeah. a. It was safe. Yeah. It was at you the know, valet park. I remember at the yeah. you told me like when I went there, it was like just you know stay in the casino, don't like don't leave. Because <laughs> Detroit like, is crazy, <laughs> bro. The the set two times I went. For the first time and then the second time, both times, like we got guns pulled out on us. Yeah, that's, that's back to accurate. back. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yes. Yo, Paulie D wouldn't go. Paulie D, we had to take him through back a house. Spider has a crazy yeah, story. Spider's got Spider has a crazy story. With Jasmine. That's right. With Jasmine and I think John, Lil yeah. John. Yeah, anyway, but. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's fast forward. Yeah. So you're talent buying for V for V Nightclub and all the venues. Yep. At the at the MGM, right? And I was the resident DJ, and I was also the marketing yeah. coordinator. And we get it. You and did small, everything. Yeah. And small other venues around town too. And then, so how did you get on Scam? How did this? That just happen? basically was like. Um, so obviously, I developed a relationship with Sujit yeah. from day one. I was coming out to the birthday the parties events. as a buyer before I was as an artist. Yeah. Right. And then you know, pretty much like. Every couple months, I'd be like, all right, what's up, dude? You ready? You can put me on or what? Yeah. And this is when it was still like the, kind of the OGs. Yeah. Because yeah. we, had, we had a podcast earlier. I'm trying to think, remember which one, but where we, we touch on, might have been with E-Rock, where we touch on talent buying. Yeah, and if you have an yeah. opportunity, take it yep. because it's a good way to build yeah. relationships. Yeah, it is. And it'll open other doors for you where like- For sure. Because you, you, you need to be used. This is a, a famous Kanye quote. I know a lot of people don't like Kanye, but like, if you're not being used, you're useless. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, that's Hot. knowledge. Yeah, it's not. But so I'm saying, like, be, put yourself in an opportunity where people need you and they want to yeah. use you. Because then you can be like, hey, you know what? I'll get your guys in here, but what are you going to do for me? Right. You know? Like, that, that, that was a big part of it. But also, I think, and part of the thing was like, I didn't want it to be predicated on swaps. Right. Like, yeah. And that and, and that was the thing. Like my whole goal was like, look, there you have enough talent on this roster that makes sense for our city. But like, you know, how now can I use this network to get myself out of this city? Right. And for me, I'd already kind of had like my feet wet in a little bit. I was like doing a lot of stuff with SBE at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that I was like Lucky Strike. But like the game was different too. It was not not as many DJs yep. in the in the pool and more venues. Yeah. So and at the time and like, less social media. Yeah, social media. Everything <laughs> yeah. was different. Yeah. Everything's Everything different now. Different. So so yeah, but I mean it, it was like really early on where I kind of realized it I wanted it to be more than just about me too. Yeah. So it was like I, there are there is a shit ton of talent in Detroit and in a lot of cities where that talent doesn't know how the business side works mm -hmm. and they're almost like completely against it. So they kind of need somebody to like, 
Lead did a horse you, to water. Did you way. ever think of, of like starting your own DJ management and, and handle all these yeah, young guys? I mean, essentially, that's kind of what I have in the city now. Oh, but you have that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Basement Beats is my company that like oh, I've had for... Nice. Yeah. And, that, and that's how I would bring talent yeah. in. So ah. it's just that it's not like LA or, or Vegas. It's not like I can... A lot of these guys have their own shit. So I'm not going to like put a restriction on them so you guys can't book stuff unless it goes through me. Ah. It's basically like... You know, they sign contracts to where if I put you in a venue, then you get, you, you have to go through me to play there again. Got it. But look, if someone comes up to you and he's like, you're the shit, bro, I want to book you for whatever. Have at it, it, man. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just the benefit of like, that's the give and take. Like, we obviously like take a percentage and then you get an opportunity that will probably pay that percentage off tenfold. Right. So that's kind of like the, the mentality behind it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, and, and it turned into a business. So. In a small market, it's shitty because then everyone cherry picks the guys that I put in place. Yeah. They know that like wherever we have guys, they're going to be solid, great DJs, yeah. professional, be able to play a ratchet party or, or a mitzvah in the same day. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the big things is like being diverse. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, so then, so then, um, now you get on scam so and then you scam. realize it fucking sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Sujit? He probably listens too. What's up, cool? <laughs> uh, no, you know, it, it, it's, uh, this is what I tell people, like, I mean, obviously it's like anything else, relationships or whatever. It's like it really is. low expectations. You know? Right. The, the lower your expectations, the lower your level of disappointment yeah. is. Right. So it's like, if you just go in with the, you know, Gary V said it best, like not too long ago where he was like, talking about social media and how people cry that like the algorithms make it to where no one can see your shit. It's free though. Who cares? Like you're not paying unless you're yeah, paying they gotta make ads. money too. So yeah, yeah, it's like, all right, 10 people are seeing your message now before this platform, nobody was seeing your message. Right. Yeah. So kind of with scam, it's like this, it's like, I'm still going to do That's my true. thing. Yeah. But like the hope is that being with a reputable agency will co-sign for you on, gigs where like a buyer or somebody may not see validity in you yeah. but then they're like oh okay he's on scam okay this guy must be good and right. you're good at like keeping like the relationships too like exactly you do the dinner. i love it yeah, i do yeah. it i love it and that's the thing as you a stay buyer for like three four days for sure and, yeah. for sure because that's like you're investing in yourself yeah so it's no, like, for sure yeah. if i take an extra day like people hit me up like how's your vacation bro i'm like dude you think about fucking vacation yeah. like this is that's my that it's shit work. is so important. It's yeah. so much Cause, work. Because I just saw you um, this past weekend in San Diego, and I, and we rolled up to dinner with him, yeah. and he's having dinner with this guy. I'm thinking it's his best friend, and he was the booker at the spot. Yeah. Uh. And I mean, it's look, it's a lot of it is because I've guys, been on that side. And it was it. a weird situation. It was a weird situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 but that was hey, let Tell me about it later. Yeah. Side. That's the BTS content. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's very important to just to to keep those relationships and i think being on scam like you said opens doors yeah. for new relationships it does because even if even like you said going to one of the scam parties even if you're not djing you're gonna meet someone in there yeah. for sure you will i mean that that's kind of the whole point of it and and like too i think being on being a buyer too it's like you you get kind of jaded because all of a sudden like it is kind of a rush to be in that role this is why talent buyers like stay in those roles because yeah. you have kind of this like power unexplainable yeah. power at your fingertips and like how you choose to use it is up to you but like for me it was like all right this isn't just about me i can like i can like really do something cool in right. the city yeah. and also like grow a network of people and, and really kind of like 
impact some things. Yeah. You don't abuse your power. Exactly. Like I, I was like, I was like the Luke, like Luke Skywalker, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not not like you know Darth Sidious. <laughs> but uh, but but basically, then you know when the club closed in 2016, that's when you kind of really when you're when you don't have that. Level and then you yeah. see who's kind of like yep. full of shit, who doesn't hit you up anymore, blah 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 blah. And so for me, I kind of like never wanted to be that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like part of it is obviously there's a business side to it. You want to make sure that you keep that relationship, but also like you know, I still like people. Yeah. yeah. So like out of anyone, that's the person doesn't need anything from me. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like if you can find someone that's actually cool enough that has like you mm-hmm. want to hang out mm-hmm. with, it's great. But when it comes to shows, like you guys know, sometimes you only have a few hours before to work out, sleep, maybe prep, or you got to be at dinner and do the social thing. Yeah. How do you prioritize those things? They're all the most important thing. Yeah. You know, you, how do you, how do you decide? Just cancel out the workout first. (laughs) (laughs) We just, that's me power through and don't sleep. That's what it is. That's what it is. But then, you know, me, like I have, I've lived off of like naps. Yeah, like I have too. a really like OCD regimen about shit. Same, wow. same. So, so um, I want to ask you, being in Detroit, I know now you're in a in a in the process of moving to LA. Oh, uh, but well, you heard that? Where did you hear that? <laughs> breaking news. Little but, told us. But but being in Detroit, did you ever feel like, damn, I need to move to a major city? Yeah, or, every year, every day. You did. Yeah, I mean, I started. This goes back because to there's me. a lot of people that are there and and they're thinking the same thing. Like, should I? Yeah. Or like, am I just gonna get lost? I, I, I will tell you like this. And, it's and expensive. Like, I, I don't say things like this confidently, but like, if I was, if I would have left Detroit 15 years ago, and I'm the same person I was, and 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 was on the same path that I was, I would be on a whole other level right wow. now. Yeah. Whether, yeah. It, whether it was just from producing music or yeah. just being involved with a much larger conglomerate. Right. Because like I have, you know, I was raised to have certain business sense. Right. My dad was on, you know, a dry cleaner. My mom was like an old school Lebanese housewife. Like we yeah, yeah. been grinding since like I was a kid. It's in your blood. It's yeah. in my blood. Yeah. So it's like, but you're also, you are a product of your environment. So we're here at any given time, you're bumping it into somebody of, of extreme value in this industry. Yeah. Those options are less available in, in a market yeah. like So is there a reason why you didn't do this? Yeah, shooting? I mean, I, I was, you know, my story was different. I mean, I, w- I would have- Obviously ob- there's family. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I had to take care of my mom for, you know, pretty much most of my yeah. life and career. Got it. And so it became more challenging when I started touring and stuff because you could see how like it's already tough to juggle yeah. your own life. Yeah. So that was part of it, but like you know, obviously, if I could give my twenty-five-year-old self advice, it would have been like to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Um, and and if anything, it's just because you can always go back. Like you know, it's not That's like true. you can't. You're always gonna have if test if you, it out, and if it didn't yeah, work, yeah. If you're a good dude, and this is like what I say with anybody that hits me up about like advice, like yo man, how can I get on, or can I do this? I'm like, dude, just be a good dude, yeah. or be a good girl. Like anyone can be a good DJ or anyone could be a good performer, but you, if you suck as a person, people are going to see right through your yeah. ass. So it's like fuck with you. other DJs aren't going to respect you. Other people in the industry aren't going to respect yeah. you. Venues aren't going to want to fuck with you. Like when I was booking guys, if they wouldn't have dinner with me, I would never book them again. Yeah. 
It's like I just flew you out here to this fucking. To That's Detroit. why I didn't get booked again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kept going back because we kept eating lamb chops. Lamb. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow. you guys. Yeah, you got the lamb. Scratchy got the best uh, end of that deal. What? Wait, wait. What was that day? What we had? Scratchy ended up getting a, like that one uh, upstairs in Ignite. Yeah, it was the upstairs restaurant. They had oh, sushi yeah. rolls That's right. and lamb chops. Yeah. Damn. He got his room upgraded. I thought you didn't oh, like wow. lamb. Yeah. <laughs> nah, they were really good. Probably so Dubai a, and Detroit has probably good got life. a happy ending. <laughs> hey, wow. Balash, scratchy, Jeez. Balash, <laughs> Balash. Um, yeah, so that's dope, man. I, I yeah. do. That's interesting to say, to hear you say that. If you would have done that move 15 yeah. years ago, because man, there's a lot of people that are listening that are 25. Yeah, yeah. And and they're can really comfortable, use that right? Advice, like, though, yeah. you know, it's comfortable. And I was having this conversation the other day. Like, you get in a rut when you become a working DJ, and it's then it's like, where where do you draw the line between taking time off and building yourself, like getting content, like producing yeah. music and getting all of your shit together so that you can level up. Yeah. It's, not, it's tough to do that when you're in the trenches yeah. every single weekend. I mean, it took me 20 years to move out of Vegas. It's like 40 minutes away, flight, right. you know? Yeah. But that was the thing, like what, what made you guys make your move? You know, it was like- These guys, and you, yeah. And coming from LA, that's a, this is a market yeah. full of opportunity, but you realized at some point that like for you to level up, you had yeah. to get out of the city. Even for me, like growing up in car, I grew up in LA, but a city called Carson, which is like, you know, 20 miles away from downtown and Hollywood and all that. Mm -hmm. But when I got on the street team, as soon as I got on the street team, 21 years old on the street team on power 106, I said, I'm out. Mm. Cause like, there's I need to live in Burbank, close to the station, because I, I need to like be able to pop into right. the station at yeah. any moment. I'm down the street from Vice. He was a big mentor, Echo and, and, and all these guys. And right. Sife lived in Pasadena, which wasn't too far away. And I just needed to be there. And I couldn't afford to live out here mm -hmm. in Burbank. But I, I figured yeah, it. I lived yeah. on my boy Jay Boogie's couch yeah. for two hundred dollars a month. And that's wow. that's hard. That's not like most people can't make that. Just take but, that. But even though faith. I was already in L.A., if I would have been in Carson, it would have been a if I would have stayed there, it would have been a different situation because yeah, right. oh, it's, it's an hour of traffic. It's an hour away. I'm going to stay home. Yeah, I just exactly. be, I'd get lazy. Exactly. I'd just stay Complacent. there. Complacent. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, all right, this is cool, you know, whatever. But then that's the thing. Before you know it, that you've been in that cycle yeah. a year, two years, yeah. five years. Next thing you know, you're like, what the fuck am I still doing here? Yeah. So. I mean, I feel that uh, that way now. Now I feel like I need to move again because I'm. I feel I need change. <laughs> What's I need, Burbank I just need too chaos. What's <laughs> Burbank's too calm. I need some chaos. That's right. Move to Hollywood. Move to downtown. Crazy to Hollywood or downtown somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I need some chaos. <laughs> Walk outside. There's mm. poop. Everywhere. I know where there's one for sale. <laughs> so what's next for Captain Twenty? Man, uh, you know, a, a lot of things. I think it's like kind of a transition period for me in a lot of ways. It's like. I've I've come to grips with like the fact that I I love the business side of the business yeah. too much like almost more than I love being a performer or an okay. artist like so that part is like I do battle with it but for me there's either you know I have some projects here that I'm kind of working on that low key but like nothing that like it's tough it's uh, I think it's I've always wanted to open my own venue yeah uh w with multiple arms to it but like the way that the way the world is in general now, not just this business, like the idea of brick and mortar products is going away so quickly in so many different uh, industries, yeah. like restaurant business. I mean, look at things like Uber Eats and yeah. Grubhub and all this stuff. Uh, you know, even people's homes, like people just rent, it's renting. It's yeah, everything yeah. is becoming less committal. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do you really want to invest 
two, three, four million dollars into a state-of-the-art venue that you can really only make money on one night a week or yep. two nights a week. Right. It's just that type of that type of future is not something I want to be married to yeah. for the rest of my life, you know. But I feel like I've learned so much in this industry, and there's so many. I have so many different valuable assets that could you know be useful in this business that it's like okay well what's next then so mm -hmm. you know do you start an agency that's whatever do you just work with like a big conglomerate you know i think that's kind of like for me you know uh music curation like all yeah. these different things like i'm taking different pieces of what we do and seeing how a you can monetize it and b how it can be sustainable yeah. Like it can't just be something that's going to last for like two or three years. Yeah. I think sure. the future is very bright for you, bro. Uh, you know, and once you, you move and out you know, here, man, you're a great guy right, and you got to wear shades. Hey. You're very smart. Thank you. Thank you. 2020 so much. is your year. Oh, you know, <laughs> something about 2021. That 2020. I'll give you 2021. <laughs> I like that, bro. Yes. But thank hey. you so much, Cap. Hey, man. Thanks for having thanks, me, guys. And, I love and you guys. And happy birthday. By oh, the way. yeah. I appreciate right. that. Happy DJing birthday. at Jewel Vegas. Jewel. You got a whole tour coming, coming up. up, right? Yeah, it's starting uh, this Friday. I'll be in Boston. So by the time this oh, airs, man. it just happened, but think so. congrats on your I'll tour. I'll be a year yeah. older. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. Check me out on uh, Instagram, DJCAPTN20. Yeah. And Twitter as well. Yeah. Whoever you, if you still that. use it. All that. I still use it. MySpace. Hey, Facebook, Nick Steele. Yeah. <laughs> my AIM, AOL uh, Messenger. Yo, MySpace was Nick Steele. That, uh, and Facebook. <laughs> and Facebook, Facebook is Facebook, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank <laughs> you, bro. I appreciate thank you guys. You, Thanks all for day. having me. Yes, sir. Yeah.